Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Callum. And this is the second episode of Season 2 of 1001 A Film Policy. This week we'll be continuing our top three segment as well as discussing the pre-picked film from last week, Saving Private Ryan. The D-Day landing scene at the beginning of this film is regularly praised as one of the greatest opening sequences in movie history. So that's why we've decided to pick our top three favourite movie intros or opening sequences. Firstly, how have you picked these then? Have you picked what you think are the best ones or have you picked your favourite ones? I don't. I haven't picked the... Yeah, not like the ones that everyone says that that's the best opening. Yeah, it's just my own personal opinion, really. What about yes. you, Jake? Um, a, little, a little bit of both. I think my favourite ones I've looked at and they are on lists. Um, oh, right. One of them's definitely not, but, um, but the other two are, which is fine because it just means they are good as well. And I like things that are good. There you go. Yeah. I don't think, I'm not sure of mine. Mine are just ones like, that just for some reason came to my head. They're not really that well. Yeah, that's really. that's what I did. I, I just, as soon as I thought, right, what top three segment we're going to do, um, I just yeah. picked the first three films that came to my head, rewatched the the opening sequences again on YouTube, confirmed in my head that, yeah, they're good ones. And then, yeah. there we go. I did the same. Yeah, I did the same. I, that's what I was doing all last night. It took ages because some of these are bloody long, like 20 minutes long, some of these ones yeah. I picked. So the criteria I thought of is it doesn't have to be like the first sort of, actually the first scene. But yeah, the first 15, 20 minutes then of a film. Technically, with Saving Private Ryan, that's not the first scene, is it? The, the scene no. we're talking about, the D-Day landing. That's fine then. Should I go with mine? Go on then, what's your number three? I don't think you've even heard of this film. It's called Climax. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've not not heard of that, no. I've no CD films on this Um, list, all right. Well, well, no, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's, yeah, like Saving Private Ryan, I've moved the goalpost for this one a bit because it's actually like the third successive scene at the beginning of the movie. Um, but it's called Climax, the film. So, So it starts, but it starts with like an aerial shot of a woman covered in blood falling over in the snow as a Gary Newman song plays. Mm. Um, and then it cuts to all these characters being interviewed in the room. And then after that, um, I had to look this up, a song called Supernature by Corona kicks in. Um, and obviously I don't know too much about dancing, despite winning a step CD for the first dance of the year two disco. Uh, but then the opening is just loads of French people dancing as the camera flies about. Um, and the director's sort of known for that sort of style. And then I'm going to sound like a Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> What do you know about dancing? Come on, tell us. Not a lot. Not much. Uh, but I'm going to say this. The choreography makes it really entertaining to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and everyone has their moment to do their signature move. That's what I've written down. <laughs> um, it just, um, it just, It's just mental, basically. It just sets up the manic tone of the film. Because the film's absolutely horrible after that. The, the, the premise of the film is someone poisons the punch bowl and they all go mental and it's oh, God. basically uh, they go into the depths of hell more or less anyway that's my first first one um, mine is going to be one that you've definitely heard of um, don't know if you've seen though um, Train Spotting I, I think well like you said with the song um, at the start of Climax I think music does help with a good intro doesn't it yeah um, and this film kicks in with Lustful Life Iggy Pop um, as he's running down the street away from a, a bobby um, <laughs> then he gets hit by a car and then oh, there's the the monologue over the top about choose this choose that choose life and all that and then they're playing five-side football and I like that bit because we play five-side football (laughs) (laughs) it just just reminds me of that and I don't know that came to mind Um, (laughs) and it's a good song as well so I think that's a a good intro to the film Um, yeah and it's at the end he's like why why choose this that and the other it's like just choose heroin basically (laughs) yeah yeah it's a a good it's a good song to run down the street to do you want my number two yeah go on then all right um it's you've you've definitely heard the film i'm not sure you've seen it it's called when a stranger calls yes this basically you'll definitely have heard of the the urban legend it's based on it's Mm. um like a man calling a babysitter and asking if she's checked on the children oh yeah that type of thing yeah i know what you mean there's quite a few films that do this. There's obviously Black Christmas that did it. 
Um, but I think this is one of the first ones. I think Black Christmas was the first one that did. Don't mention Black Christmas to me ever again. Why? Just watched it too young. Oh no! Scared me. <laughs> it <laughs> is scary. Don't they let like a traveller in or some like some passerby come and stay with them, and he lives in the attic or something? Well, they don't know he's in the down. attic. Yeah. Oh, oh, they don't know he's in the attic. Then that's yeah. Yeah, they're a sorority and. They keep getting this calls, and he swear he like really calls them a c word and everything. He's horrible. Oh, well, I think I think maybe I've watched the remake then. Oh right, maybe, family yeah. rather than sorority. Ah right, okay, yeah. Because there's a little girl which then. witnesses it all. Her parents getting killed and all that. Yeah, it's horrible. But the original is quite horrible as well. If you want to re- revisit some childhood no. trauma, oh, okay. no, I don't like that. Could have been a childhood trauma film from last <laughs> week, but it's it's definitely not for kids. No, it's not. But uh, anyway, the, when a stranger calls. Basically, this babysitter's there. This man keeps calling and going, have you checked the children? And then just hangs up. Um, and then eventually she gets freaked out enough to call the police. Um, and then there's obviously a moment, you know, that where where the policeman says the call's coming from inside the house. Uh, and oh, like, shh. Yeah, and then a music sting plays, and then it just obviously makes your heart sink. It's horrible. I was, I was going to pick Scream, which obviously did this, which is a good opening as well. But yeah. I think this one is just a bit more effective the way it just sort of slowly builds. You just scream you straight in, aren't you? Really? With yeah, that. no, I I thought about scream as well because it's, it's a yeah good open scene. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds quite terrifying. It is. It is terrifying. But then, so that scene happens, and it's based on actually a short film from the same director, and the short film is literally just that for opening scene. Um, but then once this scene finishes, it just turns into a really weird film about a policeman walking around New York for about an hour. <laughs> and then eventually it goes back to this story again. I was like, what the hell is that? It's pretty shit after that. But then it's all right at the end again. So I'll just watch the beginning if you do watch Fair. it. I'll just watch the start, turn it off, and then watch yeah. Black Christmas. Yeah, there you go. That's there a good double bill. What a great day. Um, horrible day, actually. My number two. Again, it's a big one, but I don't care. It's a good one. Um, good fellas. Yeah, just starts with the three of them in a car. You've got no sort of context of where they're going or anything like that. They hear a noise at the back of the car. They think the the tires popped or something, um, and then they realise, oh shit, the guy we've got in the boot's not dead. Oh, so they all get out, that open the boot. Yeah, Joe Pesci's got a knife. Uh, Robert De Niro's got a gun, um, and they they finish him off basically, not in that way with the knife oh. and the, the gun. Um, oh kill him and then it's just like the flashing isn't there and you just sort of do you know what I mean like the, the yeah. bright lights flashing when the, the gunshots and stuff like that and then really it will close the boot and says the, the magic line Um, I thought I saw a putty cat yeah exactly that and then it kicks in with uh, what that song um, Rags to Riches is it Tony Bennett yeah um, which is a, a very good song and again like I say a good song can make a good intro I like the red lighter from the car on his face a little bit I do think about whenever I think about Goodfellas that's the exact shot I think about the zooming into him as he says that with the red light on his face and that's yeah yeah, choice. I didn't even think about that to be honest. I've been thinking of stupid ones really <laughs> I just it's just that, that's probably the first one that came to my head as far back as I can remember I always wanted to be a gangster What's your number one then? Uh, well, my number one, I know you've not seen it because you've put it on something you want to watch on, on Letterboxd, but it is one of my favourite films of all time and um, it's called Paris, Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, it's just a, a man in a suit uh, and a red hat just walking around the desert for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I don't know what I like so much about it, but it just it's just like weird. You're like, what is he doing? What's, what's going on here? Just walking around, it's... I've put the word enigmatic, um, if that means anything to you. I don't know, just the way it's filmed, it just every shot sort of looks like um, like a painting almost. Um, and I've, I've actually watched the first part of this many times just because it pleases me. There you go. Um, maybe, maybe. I usually end up watching the whole film after doing that. So, oh, but yeah, sense. I just like the way it looks. It just—I don't know—it's just really nice looking. I do like—I do like films set sort of around. I'm assuming it's in Texas. Um, based yeah. on the name. Um, but I do like films like Thelma and Lou's and so far. It is quite a scenic place, the desert in uh, sort of Southern America, considering it's, um, there's nothing there. Yeah, it's very cinematic looking, isn't it? It's good for yeah. films and it always looks good. But yeah, I don't know, it's just sort of iconic really, I feel, the Paris Texas opening. Yeah. It's not I- very exciting, but it, I like it. 
my number one then, um, I could have picked a top three um, completely of James Bond opening scenes. Oh, no. Um, that's what they're, uh, they're known for, their opening scenes, before the, oh, well, uh, the credits with the song. Well, before you, uh, before you give your answer, what are some honourable mentions of James Bond ones then that are good? Goldeneye is a good one. Uh, he bungee jumps off uh, a dam. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's a man in the toilet cubicle and he pops his head down um, and I can't remember the, the, the witty line something like sorry forgot to knock or something and then hits him <laughs> that's a good one um, Octopus is a good one it's basically a clown um, he's on the run from some people yeah basically he is a clown and he's yeah, running away from the circus um, I can't remember who it is I think it's another double O agent and he's oh, right. got this uh, this this egg this golden egg sort of thing oh, and, he's, and he's running away and he's like climbing up a bridge and stuff like that and, and he ends up crashing through some patio doors into a party and he's got these like throwing knives in his back and he's been killed oh um, no is that a Roger Moore one that one Sounds oh yeah, like yeah. The, the rest yeah, of the film's yeah. awful but that <laughs> start of the film's great um, there's another one where he does the, the skiing off the cliff and then he has the Union Jack parachute um, I think that's Spy Who Loved Me that's nobody does yeah that's the one Alan Parker um, talks about that one but the one I've picked is my favourite opening sequence of every, any film, and it's uh, a Timothy Dalton one, and it's The Living Daylights. What happens in that one? So basically, um, it's set in Gibraltar, um, and it's like a simulated mission, um, like a training exercise for the double O agents. Um, and they have to parachute into Gibraltar, and I think they have to, like, I don't know, they have to infiltrate some sort of big satellite or something. Um, and the soldiers on the ground... They're in for the. They're up for the simulation as well. Their guns are, aren't loaded. They've got like paintball pellets in and stuff like that. So there's three spies. They all land. One of them gets shot straight away um, ah, with rubbish. red paint, and then he's like, "Right, you're out." And another one lands, and he's trying to climb up a thing, um, a cliff. Sorry, not a thing. Um, <laughs> and a man comes at the top, and he cuts the wire. Oh God! And he's not playing. He's not in on the simulation. He's a oh, baddie. baddie. So this spy falls off the cliff and. James Bond sees this and realises, right, this isn't a simulation anymore. This is, this is real. Um, so a big chase happens. Uh, the, the bad guy is in, is in a, a car full of explosives trying to get away. James Bond jumps and lands on the roof of it and they have a big fight in there. Um, and then he manages to, to fight him enough to pull the wheel and it goes off cliff. And as you think, the cliff, the, the, the car's going off the cliff and everyone's going to die. No, nope, James Bond's got a parachute on pulls himself out the back of the car and the the, the the jeep goes into the into the sea and explodes and James Bond flies away in his parachute lands on a yacht uh, where there's a, a <laughs> Um, <laughs> of course he does where there's a, a, a woman who's on the phone to a friend oh, yeah. saying she's bored and wants to just find a real man oh, and James Bond lands on the top uh, comes down um, and is all James Bond about it very clever and then the song uh, The Living Daylight's White Aha kicks in which is a quite a good James Bond song considering it was Aha but anyway that's my that's my favourite one uh, but you won't need to watch it now because I've just explained it all it's all so boring here Margo there's nothing but playboys and tennis pros if only I could find a real man. I need to use your phone. She'll call you back. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. So this week we actually have other opinions for once rather than our stupid thoughts. So um, there's some some other podcasts that we're going to shout out here um, and give their their answers to the question of their top three. Well, they just pick one each, really, of their favourite opening of um, films here. I'm just going to get it open on my old screen. So, Paul and Sophie of SB Film Viewers' favourite opening sequence is Up, um, despite how heartbreaking it is. That is heartbreaking, the start of Up. It is, it's horrible. That was my mum's pick as well, actually. Well, one of them. Um, From the Uncredited Extras podcast, um, they've they've got three answers here. So, Hayden picks Raiders of the Lost Ark. Brilliant. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, Doc picks Blade Runner, um, which is a good one. I, I was almost went with Blade Runner, to be honest. It came to my mind quite I can't believe I forgot about the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is a good one. Is that, That's the one with the boulder, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Owen picks Star Wars A New Hope, which is classic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, again, brilliant. Scroll. 
Do you know spaceship? Last week, when you said about Willy Wonka and, and the greatest intros and stuff like that for a character, yeah, um, I was going to mention Darth Vader at the start of the New Hope um, because I think that's one of the better. Yeah, ones. it is pretty good. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. I didn't comment on Blade Runner because I still I haven't seen it since I was about yeah, fourteen. I can't remember it. Oh, it's basically a, a woman's eye um, opens, and then there's loads of like reflection of flames. Uh, and it goes over a over a city, like a futuristic city. Not this right. Spaceship. It's cool. I'd recommend watching it. It's the That's first thing I watched. Picks. I like that. The first thing I watched on um, my projector when I bought my projector. Just went, what's a good thing to watch to see how good a projector is? And I picked that. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, and then we've got Adam from the Podcorn Colonels, whose favorite opening to a film is Lord of War, uh, where the camera shows like the life of a bullet. Oh, is that the Nicholas Cage one? Yeah. And I, I had watched this when I was young, and I've forgotten about this, but I, it, is, it is cool. I did rewatch it, and it is really good, just how it shows how it gets made, and then it's how it's sold and stuff. It's cool. I'd recommend watching that. But yeah, I'll uh, obviously leave all the links to their podcasts um, in the description of this podcast. Um, but yeah, just want to say thanks for, for the feedback. Yeah, thanks very much. Very good picks as well. Saving Private Ryan. Um, this is my pick from last week um, for our 1990s pick, um, and I and I I think this is one of the. I, I'm big war film buff, especially World War Two films, um, and I think um, you you can stretch far and wide and look here and there for a film, but this is still probably the best one you can find. I know you're going to say come and see, but anyway. Well, um, yes. I know this is quite an American take of, of the film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, maybe, you'd say maybe the realism's not there, that the same as, as with the likes of come and see. Um, but, I think a lot of people who were part of the D-Day landings would disagree with you there and say that this is um, a very um, realistic depiction. Well, yeah. Well, there's there's a few. I know a few examples of people who had to walk out, didn't they? Like veterans and like a historian or something like a war historian had to have a break, didn't they? Yeah. So a lot of people have been. And I think there was like a special number set up for soldiers who were traumatized. Obviously. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, like definitely. an eight 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 number or something like that. Yeah, definitely realistic and yeah, to them, it's definitely they, they got the seal of the approval from the people who are actually there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so this film is, in short, um, based on the D-Day landings, which is the, I still think think it's the biggest sort of amphibious um, military operation ever. Um, so it was also the catalyst of World War II. Um, it's, it's basically the reason why we're not speaking German, or one of the reasons anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the film follows Captain uh, Tom Miller, played by, no, hang on. That's not his name, is it? Is his name Captain Tom Miller in this? I don't know. I just call him Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just Miller. I, I, Captain Miller. I don't know where I got Tom from. Anyway, <laughs> Captain Miller. Um, it shows him and his group of men um, and their journey through D-Day. They get assigned uh, a mission um, to find a soldier named Private Ryan, which is, uh, funnily yes. enough, the name of the film. Basically, Private Ryan is one of four brothers. Um, his other three brothers have been killed in action. Um, and to prevent their poor mother from losing all her sons, um, they are assigned the mission of going to find Private Ryan and send him home, basically. The boy's alive. We are going to send somebody to find him. And we are going to get him the hell out of there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is this it it is sort of loosely based on a, on a true story of of a group of brothers called the Nylon Brothers, um, who in World War Two um, it was thought that three of the four brothers had been killed, um, so the remaining brother was sent home. Yeah. They did find on later on though that one of them was was still alive, but was in a, a POW camp in Burma, I think. Oh, right. um, so it was a happy year ending, and uh, that two of them uh, survived in the end. But yeah. yeah, so it's loosely based on that. Well, there was also around like when Abraham Lincoln was alive, there was a similar story, wasn't there? Where yeah, there's the five brothers or something, wasn't it? Yeah, five brothers, the Bixby brothers or something. But 
apparently one of them just deserted the army. One of them was honorably discharged, and another one was a prisoner of war or died. Or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, so there's been war, lots of examples. War is chaotic anyway, so trying to pin down where people are and so it's, it's pretty hard to do. So a lot of the time, people are assumed dead. Um, but in fact, deserted or captured. Um, but yeah, so that's the basic, the outline of the story. I think it's a good premise. Yeah, good premise for a story. Um, and I've seen this a lot of times. I remember the first time I watched it. I think I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. It's the only film I watched twice in a day, um, which is mental because it's three hours long. Um, and I'd got him from school as well, so I must, it must have finished it. Must finished watching it about ten o'clock. If I watched it twice, yeah. That's I don't know insane. what I don't know what possessed me to do that. And how can you go through that opening scene twice in a day? It's a bit a bit mad. Definitely made me feel unhappy. Uneasy. <laughs> and I rewatched it, yeah. opening scenes is based at Omaha Beach uh, which is in Normandy um, and I've been to, to Omaha Beach um, and I've been to the cemetery um, was at the start of the film as well um, with all the white crosses uh, and I actually got lost in there um, oh, wow. on a school trip yeah I got lost and uh, everyone had to come and find me and you went AWOL I went AWOL so because <laughs> it took so long to find me yeah. by the time I got back to the bus um, we were an hour off schedule and because of me uh, everyone was disappointed to find out they weren't allowed to go to the shop to, to spend oh. money in the, in the shop and get like treats well, and stuff you, well you were saving pri- you were Private Ryan they had to go they, out and find it they went on a, they recreated Private Ryan to go and save you yeah it's going to say yeah yeah I've never thought about that what a yeah so this film resonates on me um, more than <laughs> the usual there. person. You know, ex- there. Yeah, you know exactly what they 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 felt, don't you? Those soldiers. I do. Yeah, I do. I think Steven Spielberg. I think I, I watched like the, the bonus features. Um, I watched this on DVD um, because I have it, um, and I watched the bonus feature. And he said that he his dad was in World War Two, um, and he was fascinated with World War Two from a young age. Yeah. Um, but his dad never talked about sort of the, the gory details of war and stuff like that. He obviously knew that his dad would have partook in and seen some things. Um, but his dad only ever talked about sort of the, the brotherhood of, of being in the army and war and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what he wants to make a film about. Um, the, the, the bonds that, that men form in war or uh, formed in World War II. Um, he also thought that at the time, most war films sort of glorified war as well yeah he said he used to watch like the old john wayne films and stuff like that and um it made war look i don't know appealing. not fun but yeah appealing like yeah it looks uh, yeah looks like yeah i don't know but there's heroes involved and stuff like that and um so he wanted to to, to make a more realistic looking film um well, which i think like we said before he's achieved he did and i, I heard that he wasn't he gonna make it like um like an adventure type film like choose your own adventure type thing but then he spoke to some veterans and went no don't do that that's sort of taking the mick really I think yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me it could have been a, a lot more Steven Spielberg he couldn't he yeah, if he'd done like that the Goonies at war basically <laughs> yeah Christ that'd be awful we, we spoke about the Goonies on the boat in Jaws um, in the first episode <laughs> why do we keep putting the Goonies in these horrible situations you could put them anywhere if you, yeah. yeah when I first watched this I was quite young so there's been images that stuck with me from this opening scene so the guy with the arm off looking for his arm yeah who I think was actually someone who was amputated, wasn't he? Yeah, there's there's a lot of amputees in this film. Um, um, I think I saw something like there's a thousand extras on the beach, or one thousand five hundred extras. Um, a lot of them were um, army reserves for the Irish Army. Yeah. Um, but about fifty or or so people were amputees. Yeah, so yeah. they could do that scene, like you said. And then one, for his arm. one of them was also Andrew Scott, who's quite famous now. He's in like. The film Pride, if you remember that, and he's in Fleabag as the priest. Yeah, I didn't notice any. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice him. him to be honest. I was looking at the cast of stuff, and I was like, "What? He was in it? I don't remember him being." He must have just been one of the guys that just shouts at Tom Hanks at the beginning. Yeah, it's a bit disorientating, isn't it? It is a bit, but yeah, that the guy looking for his arm always stuck with me, and the, the flamethrower being blown up, and then them all getting set on fire—that's always stuck with me. And then the man with his intestines out shouting for his mum—they're the three things that really yeah. got to me when I watched this. Anything I don't like about the opening scene is that that horrible bit where they shoot those two surrendering people, Nazis. Yeah, because they're actually not 
German at all there, um, saying in Czech, we're not soldiers, we're Czech, and we've not killed anyone. So basically, they're prisoners of war that have been captured by the Nazis and forced to fight for oh, them. No. Um, That's even so worse. I know, yeah. So if one of them could speak Czech, um, wow. but you're not meant to shoot them anyway, they're unarmed. I know, um, yeah. I don't like that bit, because it's sort of, that is a bit of glorifying it, isn't it? Like, they're just... I don't know, is it? I don't know. It, it makes I think it's realism. I think there were stuff like that that went on. It's like in Platoon. Um, have, have you seen Platoon? No, but I know what happens in it. Yeah, when they go to the village. Um, oh and it just goes to show that the Americans aren't always the hero. I really felt that that all the research that we did really brought that scene to life because it was ugly, because it was honest. And it had to be ugly because that's the way it was. And uh, um, I kept fearing that I was making it so ugly the film would never be able to get into a movie theater in America. It would be labeled NC-17 and nobody would ever see it. And I was hoping upon hope that the historic relevance of that landing on that day, which basically saved Western democracy, Western civilization was saved that day by, by, by these kids that landed on June 6th. I was hoping that that would allow younger people to come to a movie that would certainly be rated R, but I think had more to it than just um, the exploitation of World War Two. The main cast went through several days of boot camp, living outdoors and on rations and um, going through training and stuff like that. Um, so they'd already spent a few weeks um, wet and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, uh, yeah, they all looked a bit rugged by this point. Wet and gushy. Bit like that reminds me of um, Shia LaBeef in Fury. Yeah. He, for some reason, just didn't wash for yeah. months in that. Maybe he got some inspiration because he's, he's worked with Spielberg, as we all know, famously, in that horrible Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Well, I watched a few interviews of uh, the main actors in this. Um, we'll go through them in a second. Um, and they all said the, the, the two weeks of, uh, well, I think it was two weeks of training that they went through was, yeah, it was horrible. Like it was. Yeah. It, because only, only Tom Hanks had done it because of Forrest Gump, hadn't he? He was the only one who sort of knew it was going to be awful. I think all the others thought it was going to be just sitting around a campfire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they thought it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, like you say, Tom Hanks. So, he plays Captain Miller. Um, probably the, the biggest actor of the 90s, perhaps. Tom Hanks, Yeah, would you say? Yeah, I'd say so. One of the Toms, definitely. Which of the Tom? Cruise! Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah, I'll go with size more. It's not going to be Sizemore. <laughs> no, I was thinking that. Um, who is also in this? Tom Sizemore. Um, and I just want to do a quick rest in peace, Tom Sizemore, because he died not too long ago. Quite sad. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I heard that. Liked that was sad. Films and things. Yeah. Yeah. I think even as, as at this time, he, he was battling with sort of drug addiction and stuff like that. He was. Um, Steven Spielberg said to him that um, he, he, he'd be in the film as long as every day they took a drug test. Um, and as long as he passes it, it's fine. But if he was to fail any, even if it was at the very end of filming, God. he'd go back and he'd refilm the whole film. They tried to um, do that with Bam Majera for the new Jackass film. It didn't work. Ah, oh, dang, didn't have it. Tom Sizemore, he's an actor I always think to myself, I don't really know what else he's in, but he's in he's in Heat. I've seen that plenty of times. He always, yeah, he always plays like someone who's second in command or like a mate of a gangster or like a cop or something along those lines in things. And yeah, he, and he, and he, yeah, because he's in True Romance as well, I think. Captain Miller, he's sort of his second in command, like you say. He's his bud. He's his bud. He's his mate. Um, and I think they've been together. Um, I don't think this is their first battle together. Um, and then you've got sort of um, lower down the ranks. You've got Private Capazio. I haven't learned any of their character names, so you're gonna have to. Learn Vin Diesel. Oh, Vin right. Diesel. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel. Yeah. Private Vin Diesel. And yeah, I forgot he was in this, and when he showed up, I was like, oh yeah, Vin. Arza? Is it, uh... They dropped it, Corporal. Gotcha. And another thing, every time you salute the captain, you make him a target for the Germans. So do us a favor, don't do it. Especially when I'm standing next to him. Capiche? Hey. It's weird he's that he's, it was before he was famous, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the actors um, in this, I think they tried to, I didn't, apart from obviously Tom Hanks, I think the rest of them, he wanted them to be sort of a bit more unknown. Yeah. We've got Private Ryben, who's, um, the, the brash uh, Brooklynite, um, who's played by Edward Burns. I've never seen Edward Burns in anything else, no, I, um, I, I, apart, I, from, I thought, apart from The Holiday. Oh, is he in that? I, I have no idea who he is. I thought it was Ben Affleck when I first saw him, and then I was like... It oh, does look like Ben Affleck, yeah. 
Oh, no. He's a rom-com actor. Is he? Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. I've, n- I've genuinely never seen anything else with him in. Yeah, just, rom-com actor, I think. I like him in this film, that, that character. Yeah, no, he's good. Um, uh, you've got Private Jackson, played by Barry Pepper, um, who I've only seen in Green Mile, again with Tom Hanks. Um, he's in Crawl, apparently, but I don't, I don't remember him. I don't remember him in that. I didn't take much note of that film. That's yeah, cool. the one with the alligators. Oh, he's probably the dad, is he? There's only a yeah, few probably. characters in that. Yeah, but I like him in this film anyway. Private yeah, Jackson. he's my favourite character in this film, I'd say. He's a sniper, and snipers are cool. He's dead cool. We pretend to yeah. be him in Call of Duty, don't we? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I do. definitely. Whisper to myself. <laughs> Barry Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you um, have a crucifix that you wear yeah, to kiss every time you went to take a shot? Yeah, yeah. the Lord is my saviour, the Lord is my prophet. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer. My shield and he in whom I trust. you got Corporal Upham, um, which I always hear in my head people shouting Upham, because they shout Upham a lot in this film. They do, yeah. Um, and I always think of it. Um, he's played by Jeremy Davis, um, and he's a character that yeah, go on. me and you have discussed a few times. Well, um, I think he looks like Jimmy Carr. He does look like Jimmy Carr. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in any other film, he, he sort of is sort of... Is he the second main character, would you say, really? He sort of has the only one that has a, an arc, isn't he, really, other than... Tommy. Yeah, sort of. Mm. I, in Ish. any other film, he would be one of the main, like the second main character or the first main character, really, because it's usually the the scared boy that's the main character, isn't it? Yeah, but in this, I think he's quite unlikable in it. Um, but I think it's just because um, I like Adam Goldberg's character in this a lot. Well, um, he plays Private Mellish, and if it, well, he's just scared. I'd be scared as well. <laughs> It'd be terrifying. Yeah, um, and he's not. He's not used to combat. This is his first sort of... He's primarily a, a translator, isn't he? Yeah, he's just an interpreter um, and he just sits... I don't know how he managed to get through on the D-Day bit, though. Was he just in a boat really far behind and just waiting in the Yeah, you would, have, you would have thought so, yeah. Maybe I can't imagine he was on the beach, yeah. yeah. They, would have, they would have shipped him in when it, was a bit, when it cooled down a bit. Yeah, get the bloody interpreters in. Tight get them in. If we dabbed them at the front, we could have stopped all this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 shout, shout, stop oh, shooting right. in German. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adam Goldberg, yeah, uh, Private Mellish. I've not seen anything apart from Friends, um, but I've seen here that he's in Days and Confused. He I is. don't remember him in that. He's the friend of the ginger guy. He's Does one of them get punched? Yeah. No, he, uh, yeah, Adam Goldberg's the one who gets in a fight. He gets, he gets in a fight, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I remember that now, yeah. yeah. I've never met a terrible before. You're my first. <laughs> He did it, I can't believe it. Fucking knew I should have kicked your ass. Come on, come on, come on, hold Um, but I just know him as Eddie from Friends. Yeah, I can't think of anything else he's been in, really. No, but he's good, uh, he's good. He, I feel like he's a serious. Adam Sandler, sort of, in a way, even though Adam Sandler yeah. isn't serious. I, I, I think he's a good actor. I don't know why he wasn't in more. He's quite an emotional character in this, I think. Um, well, he's, he's Jewish, isn't he? So he's taking it really personally, all these. Yeah. And he sort of rubs um, it in the, the Nazi's face when they've caught him, doesn't he? Which I find yeah. quite funny. <laughs> Juden. Juden. The last sort of notable member of the company is uh, uh, the medic Wade, played by Giovanni Rabisi. Um, is that how you say his name? Rabisi? I imagine. Probably, yeah. Um, Who's in Sneaky Pete? He is Sneaky Pete, <laughs> which I've never seen. I just imagine it's him yeah. creeping about. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like peering in the windows. That's what I always yeah. think when I think of him. Like a, a peeping Tom. Go Sneaky on, Pete. Jake. What else is he in? Gangster Squad. Yeah. Uh, and The Offer. And? Oh, yeah. He's in Friends yeah, as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he plays Phoebe's brother. He um, likes melting stuff. Who'd, out of them, who would you say is, gave the best performance out of all those actors in Same Right Ryan, would you say? Who's your favourite? I mean, Tom Hanks is good in this. Yeah, uh, but but he's 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 going to be he's Tom Hanks and he's the main character in it. But um, I'm going to say Giovanni Rubisi and Adam Goldberg. I like them too in this film as well. Um, purely the scene where um, 
Medic Wade, so Giovanni Rabisi is talking. There's a scene where he's in the in the church and this sort of, I don't know high night in the church, and he tells a story about um, his mum used to come home. She was a nurse, and she comes home late at night, and he used to try and stay awake to see her. But the harder he tried, the quicker he'd fall asleep. Yeah. But then there would be some days where she'd come home early. I pretend to be asleep. Who oh, your your mum? Yeah. Stand in the doorway looking at me. I just keep my eyes shut. And I knew she just wanted to find out about my day. That she came home early. Just talk to me. And I still wouldn't move. I'd still pretend to just be asleep. Did that. Yeah, he's, I yeah. Think he's the best. I think he's very underrated in this film, actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he is. And he's, well, I don't know, are we getting spoilers? Well, I've not seen this. Yeah, yeah, everyone's seen it. But he's quite empathetic in this as well, isn't he? He's, yeah. um, he's got a lot of empathy for all the other characters. Um, he's the only one that sort of speaks to Jeremy Davis. Yeah, yeah he's nice. the only one that's sort of nice to him, isn't he, when, when he first he gets put in. questions and stuff, doesn't he, about his book and all that. And yeah. And then his, and Giovanni Rabisi's death is, is horrible. I think it's one of the yeah. worst ones. Other yeah, than obviously Adam Goldberg's, <laughs> and they're just giving him morphine, more morphine. It's horrible, and he's shouting for his mum. Yeah, and he, yeah. yeah, that monologue in the church is really good. Yeah, he's really good in this. Yeah, but then I also like Adam Goldberg's character towards the end as well because he again takes to um, Jeremy Davis um, and tells him what few are means basically. Yeah. Surprise! I'll give that kid back up. How do you say it's okay? I Come can't. Back. It reminds me of my niece, sir. Kapoor's up. Get the kid back up there. Captain, the decent thing to do is to at least take you down the road to the next town. We're not here to do the decent thing. We're here to follow fucking orders. So expect this goddamn kid. Come on! Sniper in the tower. So that there's um, yeah. What's his name's in that bit as well? Um, Paul. Giamatti. Yeah, there's loads of actors that pop up in this. I was like, what the hell? Paul Giamatti and then Brian Cranston out of yeah. nowhere. That's just bizarre and he's got a very small role. There was another one. Oh, Ted Danson. I was like, what the flipping hell is Ted Danson doing in this film? Yeah. <laughs> just loads just keep popping up. Um, Brian Cranston, I don't know if you noticed, he had one arm as well. Oh, did he? I didn't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I never noticed that until I watched it this time. Yeah, so they come across a family um, who whose house has been bombed i'm assuming yeah um french people people, yeah and they're trying to give their child to the the daughter to the soldiers um to look after um obviously that's not something you can do as a soldier Um, but vin diesel sympathizes with them because it reminds him of his niece he says so he takes the girl and says the least we can do is take her up the street um to the next sort of party of soldiers or, or what have you um and as he's giving the girl back because tom hanks orders him to he gets sniped um, it's shot right in the back, is he on the side or something? It's like, and he, yeah, and he falls and hits a piano, and it does. Ding. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, he's just in no man's scene, land, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's out know. in the open. Yeah, um, bleeding. What a horrible, yeah. horrible way to go. <laughs> there's, yeah, not, there's, there's not a nice death in this film, is there? Really? <laughs> name a good death. Yeah, there's not a good death for any of them. There's not a good death in this film. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, no, but anyway, yeah. So there's a sniper in the bell tower, isn't there? Um, he's bloody good as well. Yeah, he's a bloody good one, and they're all hiding. Who's he no match for? Barry Pepper. Yeah, what no a weird name. <laughs> I didn't know his name was Barry Pepper before I looked. Great it up. name. Is a good name. Yeah, he's, he's saying his prayers and kissing his and then, crucifix, and, and, and he just shoots him through the other sniper's scope, and then his eye, yeah, right through his eye. What a shot! Well, that as well um, was. There's no seat, sort of like um, trickery involved in that. Um, oh, it was all sort of not special. What's what you call it? Like practical effects. Yeah, yeah. What so they had like a, a little explosion in inside the the scope that splattered out. Sort of, I don't know. I don't know actually, but, it, but it's not. I read about it the other day, but it's all practical effects. That scene took one. It, it took one take for that scene, um, and everything you see was what happened it's like no trickery is involved like editing afterwards or anything it's uh, there's an explosion in the scope that sort of sprayed blood on his head or so i don't know and this and the incident pictured in in seven bright run is a tribute to um the real person called carlos hathcock 
he has been regarded as one of the top snipers in the military who did that actual thing. There you go. It would be cool being a top sniper, wouldn't it? Yeah, because there was this one in World War Two. He was like a Finnish guy. I mean, he was called like the White Reaper or something. And yeah. he was just on the the border of, of somewhere. And he took out about, I think he killed like 200 Nazis or something. Just him on his own or something like that. But in this, it's just one man who shoots Vin Diesel and then gets shot straight away. So he's not as good as he thinks he is. Okay. We've also not mentioned uh, Private Ryan yet, uh, played by Matt oh, Damon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, man who this film's about. Um, he was cast in this film. He was introduced to uh, Steven Spielberg by Robin Williams um, because they'd been filming Goodwill Hunting. Um, I believe it came out the year before or maybe the same year. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, around the same time. I but Steven Spielberg I you wanted. You said Robbie Williams. Then I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg wanted an unknown actor in this, so that when he was on screen, when they found him, they wouldn't know who he was. Yeah. Little did he know that Goodwill Hunting was going to be very successful. Yeah, well, um, Oscars, didn't it? Yeah. So he by by the time this had come out, he was he was a huge movie star. So. Oh wow! Well, it's it's the first one where Matt Damon pops up deep into the runtime as well, because there's a few where he just pops up, isn't it? Like Interstellar, you're like oh, the Martian, well, yeah. Well, he's he's in the Martian, isn't he? Main, but Interstellar halfway through. That's he's what I'm on, thinking he's on of. A bloody planet. Uh, Interstellar is what I'm thinking uh, of. Yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> um, and then and there's a film called Unsane. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But no. For, for randomly out of nowhere, Matt Damon comes in as a policeman. You're like, oh, what's he doing here? He just he keeps doing it. He's done it throughout his career, and this is the first one I can think of where he did where he did it. Captain Miller, Charlie Company, Second Rangers, Corporal Henderson, Easy Company, Five Hundred First. Ryan, First and Five Hundred Six. Gibson, Tommy, Third and Five Hundred Six. James Francis, Ryan. Yes, sir. How'd you guess that? Um, another bit I thought about in this film is that they've got the pool going, haven't they? Um, and they're all sort of guessing what Tom Hanks did before the war. Yeah. Um, I think when the first time, the time I watched this, it made me realise that, oh shit, these men aren't actually like soldiers. Like they haven't enlisted in the army. I know obviously I know all this now, but I think this this film was the first time I realised that these were literally just fellas that were yeah, just normal, normal, had normal jobs like farmers or, um, I don't know, teachers. police officers or teachers or, yeah, what, this, that and the other. Um, I don't think I'd realised that before. Um, school failed me. Some soldiers were their first day in action was D-Day. Oh God! World War One had happened at that point, so they probably do know from their own parents and stuff that it's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bit. Yeah, they're but nothing, not nothing would ever prepare you for it, though, would it? So, no. and I was watching an interview with one of the soldiers. Um, that they were interviewing for this film, um, and he was saying that when he jumped out of the plane, he said. Um, sorry, just a second. Oh. <laughs> um, he said the biggest lie ever told um, was the second they were about to jump up the plane um, and the pilot or whoever would say, are you ready? And then they'd say yes. And he was like, because oh, no right. one was ready for it. And he said the second he jumped out, he said all you'd feel was fear. He said you wouldn't have any thought in your head other than oh, how scared you are because all these bullets are flying around everywhere. You have no idea what you're going to land into. Oh, Jesus. That's all. Um, yeah, and I just think like they're they're no different to us. These people, I could not imagine that. Yeah, someone's granddad. Horrible. Yeah, flying through the air. I, don't know, I shouldn't laugh. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> quite a horrible thought, isn't it? <laughs> just thinking about someone's granddad flying through the air because the way I worded it. Yeah, I've just got a little bit a scene where they find the wrong Private Ryan and just traumatise him and just leave him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a bit mental. But they're still in grammar school. <laughs> they should no, have uh, Kirby enthusiasm music over it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think yeah, it's just it's it's chaos, isn't it? It's just yeah, but uh, then they just they're like pissed off with him after they after they realise it's not him. They go, "You'll be fine," and he's like, "He's traumatised." How, how did they die? They were killed in action. I, I can't be. I can't be. My brother's still in grammar school. There's another scene as well, then, where they decide to storm, like, is it a big satellite or something? And they're running through the field with all the cows. Oh, yeah. Um... And this is where Wade is killed, uh, Giovanni Rabisi, and that's this is a horrible scene. And he's just crying for his mum. 
yeah, it's scarring that scene. They managed to take the the, the, the stronghold, um, capture a, a soldier, Nazi soldier, even soldier. But he's sort of pleading for his life, isn't he? So he's just saying American yeah. things. Yeah, he, he always makes it, every time I watch this, I always feel sorry for him in this scene. And then I remember what happens later. I'm like, hang on, no, not this guy. I always yeah. forget. He always tricks me in this scene. I do too. Please. I like America. Francis Mansi, what a sense. Go fly a kite. Get back your tongue. Cool beans. Betty Boop. What a dish. Betty Grable. Nice scams. Anyway, they make him bury the, the, the dead, don't they? Yeah, and then it looks like he's going to get shot, but they do eventually spare him. They put him in a blindfold. Send him off with a blindfold, yeah. And Tom Hanks has a line um, in this bit. It says a line, with every man I kill, the further from home I feel, or something like that. Um, and I think that's why he spares him, doesn't he? Because he thinks that if, if, if I kill this man, defenceless man, then I'm sort of losing myself a little bit more. You want to leave? You want to go off and fight the war? All right. All right. I won't stop you. I'll even put in the paperwork. I just know that every man I kill, the farther away from home I feel. So, um, this film in general, it does a good job of making you care about all the characters, doesn't it, really? Especially yes. during the, the calm before the storm scene in that bombed out village. Like, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. You get to know yeah. them all a bit more, don't you? When they've come across Private Ryan, they found him, they've told him. Uh, on the bridge that your brothers have died um, and you, you're going home and he's like no I'm not going home he's like why should I get to leave these are the, these men here have fought as hard as I have um, and he doesn't want to leave um, so then they do like a bit of a home alone sort of scene <laughs> where they set traps all around <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> um, like a World War 2 home alone um, they set a load of traps in this French town have I just said that twice? you have yeah <laughs> get rid of one no you pick <laughs> like we said before a thousand men versus however many there were like 300 um, yeah. but they've got the element of surprise they do I, I'd be pissed off with Matt Damon if I had gone all the way there to save him and he said no I'm not going I'm staying here I'm like you little wanker do you know how many people yeah. of my mates have just been killed stupid yeah. twat so now they have to hold this bridge don't they so yeah, and it sort of it builds up tension, doesn't it, as they're all just sitting around waiting for to hear the tanks approaching. Edward Burns' character tells that story about um, the big busty woman telling him to think of these. Anytime you want to, <laughs> yeah. any, anytime you get scared and just think of these. And I always thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Funny uh, bit of dialogue. Bit cheeky, isn't it? He's a bit, bit cheeky. cheeky. Bit cheeky. And then Matt Damon tells a really shit story about his brother in a barn. Yeah, I think it's purposely shit, though, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, because Matt Damon um, ad-libbed it. Oh. Um, and it was just the best thing he could come up with. Steven Spielberg was like, oh, we could cut it, but that's the sort of thing a kid his age would, would come out with. But anyway, they have to hold this bridge, and if they can't hold it, then blow it up. Um, they're not holding it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of the guys are dying. Um, there's the horrible scene where Adam Goldberg's character um, has a one-on-one fight with... Um, a big massive Nazi um, and he ends up getting stabbed with his own knife um, which isn't very nice so Mellish is, is, um, is stabbed with his own knife by a, a German soldier yeah. as often stands paralysed on the stairs listening to the whole ordeal and then is spared by the Nazi soldier because I think he just thinks he looks like he's not going to be an issue doesn't he he looks a bit pathetic um, I think that's what the Nazi thinks so leaves him yeah um, it's horrible how slowly the knife goes into him and he's I hate it when people will plead for their life before they die in things. Yeah, really don't like it. That, that's, <laughs> that and the scene with Wade are the two yeah. scenes that sort of stick with me after this film. Vin Diesel is a bit bad as well. Yeah, with well, he's saying, it's a, it's a letter from my dad. Horrible. Yeah. He asked him to rewrite yeah, it. Yeah, it's a horrible scene. Wade does rewrite it, and then Wade gets killed, so I don't know where the letter goes then. Yeah, and that interpreter fellow, as I said, he's been the moral compass throughout the film, but couldn't find the courage to help our mate in time, could he? So at that moment, yeah. he lost all my respect. Too little, too late when he finally takes action. Yeah, it's too little, too late, but I can I can understand that you, you, you probably would freeze with fear. I think there'd probably be a lot of men that would freeze with fear. I, I want Adam Goldberg to survive. Would you? Would you, you would have Just want him fear, back. <laughs> at the very end of the film, we pretty much got through the whole, all the big scenes, haven't we? 
Yeah. Um, Obviously, Steamboat Willie comes back and shoots Tom Hanks. But there you <laughs> go. What the fuck? <laughs> I was going to build that up a bit more. Go <laughs> Sorry, go on. Come on, you no, just do it. Then. Fine, I'll leave it as that. <laughs> no, no, go it on, is, do no, because because it is a bit like that. It's just so nonchalant the way he gets shot because it's a weird angle that 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 he gets shot. Like I couldn't really work out if it was Tom Hanks that got shot or not. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then he's, yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. And you do want him to go home because he's, I don't know, he's a good guy, isn't he, Captain Miller? I mean, they're all good guys, but he's he's a, he's made the right decision so far. And he just wants to go home to his wife. I just think of his wife now, what she, she's going to get a letter. And yeah. It's very sad. Um, but at least um, he, he blew up a tank with a pistol. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I used to actually think the thing that he did do that. I was like, that was... Yeah, I think, I, as much as I love this film, I do think at the end, that when just the plane, the cavalry arrives, it's always a bit of a cop out, isn't it? It's like at the end of Two Towers and Gandalf. I mean, it's a good scene, but it's a bit like, uh, if they'd just bloody come an hour ago, then we wouldn't have had to do all this. And then Upham gets his big moment as that Steamboat Willie horrible Nazi guy shot Tom Hanks. Too late again, Upham, by the way. Yeah. Um... And he gets them all to stand in line. All these Nazis put their hands up, and then the the steamboat Willie guy tries again. He tries to be, I hate them. I love America. I hate Nazis. And then he, he just shoots him finally. Yeah. <sighs> too again, too little, too late. Really, there's a lot. There's a lot, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. In this film, there is a lot going on. There is. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this film? Um, the old man at the end when it goes from Tom uh, from Matt Damon to the old man's face. Yeah, well cast. Looks like him. Well cast. Yeah, Harrison Young plays him. Ironically, Harrison Young plays old Private Ryan. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that since the start. God, that was awful. Yeah. do you think of this film? I know, obviously, I've seen this a few times. This is probably one of my favourite films. Not a top five, but definitely a top 20. Wow. Um, and, I, and I gave it five stars. I I couldn't think... I, I don't know. I just I don't think I could give it anything less. Um, yeah. But you gave it a three. Why so? I gave it a three, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm not really into these type of films is the main reason. I, I felt the l- length of the film, to be honest. Like, in between all the yeah. action scenes, there's a lot of talk, and I'm like, oh, bloody hell. And I do feel like it I know it's meant to, obviously we're following the Americans. It does sort of is a bias towards them. And well, yeah, the only way you could ever sort of depict war really is with a completely neutral. But with World War Two, there wasn't there isn't really a neutral. No, as well, there's not many neutrals. So yeah, okay. whoever makes the film, you you are going to have their side of things. If you know what I mean. I so it's yeah. No, I know what you mean. Though I, I get what you mean because a lot of people say that's what I said about come and see it at the start. They they say that's a better depiction of war yeah. um, because it wasn't made in Hollywood and it didn't have the whole America's the best country in the world sort of side of things. Yeah, it's just those type of things that sort of did my head in with these type of films. Oh, okay, all right, well, well done. I, I do have some good things to say. I think it is very well shot and the action scenes are engrossing. I like I like all the action scenes. Um, yeah. It is very effective the way it's and it's very emotional, isn't it? It gets me emotionally invested. Yeah. I'm not too sure what, what's the overall message meant to be, really, though. Do you know? It's, it's just about the brotherhood of war, I think. War is bad. War is hell. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think it's 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 less about um, the, the, the the war and the fight, and it's more about the, the relationships. Because like, they say some of the people in war, like, soldiers say that they've told men in foxholes more about their lives than they told their own brothers, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's just about that really because you don't know like you, you could die in five minutes sort of thing um, you have to die for each other don't you um, and I think it's more about that and I think that's what Steven Spielberg tried to do yeah three, three out of five for me I think it's I just don't like these not to sound pretentious I probably do I don't really like mainstream films like this in general really as a, as yeah, a guy, just, you know, well, bit, you know. sorry it's just my text <laughs> I can't I can't explain it alright I'm an idiot that's probably right uh, yeah um yeah no i agree you're an idiot um <laughs> the um another thing i'll say is that they were close to casting harrison ford as captain miller um yeah or mel gibson 
And by Christ, I'm glad neither of them got cast. I, I think Harrison Ford would have been all right. <sighs> I don't know. To be honest, I didn't want to say this. I don't really rate Tom Hanks in this film. Hmm. How so? Yeah, it's, you have to you have to back that up. Come <laughs> I don't on. know. He's just I don't know. It's just the way he acts is not like a man would act. I don't a think he's acts, he's not very realistic the way he acts in, in my opinion. No, I, he's I, acting, I basically. Yeah, no, I don't mean. I, I, I couldn't really. I was like, God, he's bloody good in this. But if you're talking about never, like, that's an actor. I'd never put him up there with the likes of. Leonardo DiCaprio no. or Robert De Niro, those sort of actors. I'd never put him in that category. Um, he is probably closer to a Tom Cruise sort of category, really. Um, yeah. But I think he, I think he picks better films to be in. Um, nothing is Tom Cruise. I do like him too. Um, but yeah. Um, no, I do think he is good. I, I think films like Forrest Gump. I think he, he's, he's probably that's his best role for me. Forrest Gump. Um, yeah. He's good at making you feel stuff, isn't he? He's he's a, he's good at conveying emotion to the audience. I think Tom Hanks. Like he's one of those sort of actors. I like Woody. Yeah, no one can make Woody come to life like he can. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? He's got a good voice. He's definitely not one of the great actors. He's one of the more popular actors, but he's not. I a, would say he's overrated. A great actor, but yeah, I think yeah, his acting skills are overrated. I mean, just see him in Elvis. Not that I've seen yeah, that film, but apparently he's mental. That wasn't great. Yeah, he's not the best in that. I've got a question uh, for you, Jake. Where well, would this rank in terms of films in the war genre for you? This has got it's got more watchability than a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the Hollywood aspect of it, though. Is he your favourite um, war film? No, no, no. I don't think so. Um, not Star Wars, though, obviously. <laughs> Even though that is. Well, that war. was that's something. Yes, yeah, real it's war. Um, I don't know. I, I like Platoon. I do I like Platoon. I think that's a good film. Yeah, I do like that do you one. Like Deer Hunter? Um, that right? I do like Deer Hunter, but it's very long, yeah. too long, unnecessarily long. True. Could have cut a lot of that. But yeah, no, it's up there. Definitely up there. Inglorious Bastards. I love that oh, film. Yeah, um, obviously, there's not a lot of realism in that, but it doesn't have to be. I do like Apocalypse Now, but I would never put that up there with the best war films. I think it is. I like that one. No, that's, I do like it. I, I do like it, but I I wouldn't I don't know I it, it's not that one's not as much for me if you know what I mean. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I like that one, and obviously I'm a come and see, but we aren't. I do enjoy that film a yeah, lot. Come see, good. I think I, I rate Fury quite highly as well, actually. That's good, and all the uh, all the newer ones like Dunkirk, Night Seventeen, or Quiet on the Western Front, they're all pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Dunkirk. I forget about that one. That's a good one as well. Yeah, or um, Quiet on the Western Front. There's loads. <laughs> I don't like oh, being negative. Gosh. I feel that I've bad forgiveness for 3 out of 5. I do like the film. I gave it a heart on Letterboxd. Um, so I like it. It's just, you know, I prefer other types of films. That's all I can say. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, right, like, no, being, I don't like saying bad things about films. You can do. I, I, what, which one did I proper give stick to? You didn't to? like Mulholland Drive and then I sort of made you... Yeah, you know, yeah there you go. That, 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 there you go. So this is exactly the same. It, you know it's a good film, but it's not for you. Yeah, like yeah, how you feel about Mulholland Drive is probably how I feel yeah. about this one. Excellent, I'll take that. That's fine then. It's a good film, but it's not it's just not for me. Where would we pop it in the in the ranking of all the films? It's quite difficult then because I'm not. I like it. Yeah. I don't want to. You can put it where you want. Let me have a look. Mulholland Drive quite high up. Would you reckon it's better than Willy Wonka? Obviously, you do. Yeah. I like Willy Wonka. Yeah, I think it's better than Willy Wonka. It's up to you. Well, I don't want to fight with you. But I will. Do you, do you want to put it one ahead of Mulholland Drive then? Before? One behind Willy Wonka. Because we both like okay. Willy Wonka. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like um, I'm doing all the soldiers wrong. <laughs> all the all the, the fellows that went to this, all the fellows that went to see this and was um, <laughs> went to see this and was like it was really realistic and they had to leave. <laughs> and I'm just going. Willy Wonka's better than that. <laughs> Oh, I don't put it third then. I, I don't mind. No, no, we have to think of it objectively. Yeah, no, we can put it behind Willy oh, Wonka. That's fine. Put it four. Then Willy Wonka's better than this film. <laughs> that's well, that's our choice of pity. We both think Willy Wonka is better than Saving Private Ryan. Thank you. Oh, 
I'm saying nothing. I edit this podcast um, so I can make it sound however. Yeah, no, that's fine. This is why I'm saying. No, go on, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, do you think? I know you've probably not seen Shakespeare in Love. Do you think that this film missed out? Um, yeah. From what the films you saw that year, do you think that probably? I haven't seen Shakespeare in Love, but I don't know anyone that has, so it, it probably isn't as good as. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is with good films is, is a lot of the time, and I don't mean good films because there's a lot of good films that I've never seen or never heard of that are great films. But I mean, in terms of win, the ones that uh, win the big awards aren't usually win the big awards. Yeah. Aren't, yeah. I know, I know what, you mean. what you mean. Yeah. Well, I know what you mean. <laughs> Hello? We don't know what we mean. Um, we don't know what we mean, that's good. Shakespeare in Love, it was Harvey Weinstein doing those little backroom deals, allegedly. And that's why uh. that one mode. Because um, it's stupid that Judy Dench one for that. She's in it for like two minutes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Saving Private Ryan's probably better than that, having, despite not seeing it. <laughs> so it's yeah. a stupid thing to say, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the bit where we pick the next film, shall we? So we follow yeah. the same sort of route as last season. Yeah, so it would be a 2010s film, wouldn't it? Um, so it's your pick this week, so go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I had a few in mind. I didn't know whether to go down uh, like a, a lesser-known film route or what, really, but I thought let's just keep it going with the big blockbusters. Um, it's a film we've both seen. It's a film that a lot of people say is one of the best films of all time, actually. That film is Christopher Nolan's Inception. I've not seen it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, because I I was going to watch that last. I, I, it's been it's been on my want to want to watch list for a long time, um, and I was actually going to watch it last weekend. So no, I'm I'll look, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely one of the ones that I'm like, why haven't I seen it? Um, so have you never yeah. seen it? I don't think so. I think I, I might have seen. Joking. No, no, I think I've <laughs> seen a bit of it, but I don't think I've actually ever seen it. Wow. No. That's pretty this weird. is my Titanic. I generally didn't know you hadn't seen it. I thought you were doing a joke, then. That's why I didn't sort of play along. Never Lord. seen it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it's all right. I've 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 only seen it once in the cinema when it was out, so I barely remember it. So it's a good one for us to yeah. both watch. Yeah. Bloody long. And it is, a big, it is a big blockbuster, so we've back-to-back blockbusters. So Inception next week, Saving Private Ryan. It's fine to me. Brilliant for you. You like that film yeah. a lot? Yeah. There we go. So there we go. Thanks very much. We'll we'll probably do another. Well, we will do another top three next week. I think we were going to do top three mind fuck films or something, weren't we? Top three. Um, you go. <gasps> things that make you go. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it is mental. Not as much as yeah. Tenet, though. I think Tenet is more mind bending, but Inception is still a head scratcher. Top three. We can't call it. I can't believe you've just done that because that was going to be my number one top three. Mindfuck oh, films, no. didn't it? <sighs> top three head scratches, we're going to call it, Jay. We can't be cancelled for saying the F word. Yeah, top three head scratches. Yeah, that's good, yeah. yeah. Well, but Tenet was going to be mine. Well, I won't use that. Oh, no, you can, but we'll just pretend. No, I'm not know. doing it. Jay, no. please! I'm not doing it. <sighs> All right. I'm not doing it. But we'll probably ask um, other podcasters um, again their top three. Yeah. Because I like that. I like that too. I like everybody else's. Yeah. Thanks again, if you are listening to this, for, for supplying some response to that. It's very, very, very much appreciated. Very um, insightful. Yes, it was. It was a good, good choice. I am still thinking, why didn't I pick Raiders Lost Ark? I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Jake, some final thoughts on Saving Private Ryan, please. Good film. War bad. Um, Matt Damon um, got found. Thank you. Um, and got sent home. Um, end of the film. And during the bit where everyone's dying around him, all he does is scream and cradle. Yeah, with his knees up. Yeah, <laughs> rubbish. I mean, that's fair enough. I, I don't know. It seemed out of character that bit for him. I don't know why. Yeah, because he, he seems... says I'm going to stay and fight, and then he just sits there rocking himself, screaming. Yeah, but two seconds before that, he's just running across the bridge. Yeah. Anyway, um, see you next time. <laughs> yeah, see you next time. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Farewell. I do. I do.
could have been a, a lot more Steven Spielberg. He couldn't have yeah, done that. Like the Goonies at war, basically. <laughs> yeah, Christ, that'd be awful. We, we spoke about the Goonies on the boat in Jaws um, in the first episode. <laughs> Why do we keep putting the Goonies in these horrible situations? 